Welcome back to The Remote Life. My name is Han Talbot, also known as Handmaid's World, and today we'll be chatting with Elodie Fershow. Travelling the world with her family, Elodie is Head of Demand Generation at Boundless Life, a company that empowers families to live, work and experience beautiful destinations around the world. In this episode, we talk about Boundless Life and the benefits of travelling as a community for families, as well as Elodie's advice for balancing remote work and family life and her favourite places to travel. So grab a coffee, a tea or something stronger and let's get started. Elodie, welcome to the Remote Life Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you, Anne? Yeah, doing good. I can't believe it's uh, halfway through the year already. That's what. I know. <laughs> I know. It's uh, Summer is almost there. I'm excited because for us, it's next stage coming up soon. But yeah, I think all of us are looking forward to a great summer. Yeah. So whereabouts are you at the moment? Are you still in Central? Have I got that right? So, yeah, but I'm about to go to Greece. So in two days, actually, we're flying over to um, to Athens. We'll spend two days there, enjoy my oldest birthday. Um, she loves mythology, so she'll be in heaven uh, in Athens. Oh. And then we're going to Syros, where Boundless has opened its second location. So that's where we're heading in two days. That's so exciting. Nice. Yeah, well, why don't you kick things off? Tell us about you, your remote life journey, and maybe a bit about Boundless Life. Yeah, sounds great. I've always been, uh, I've always been a traveler. I haven't lived in France where I'm from for the past 15 years. My partner is Swedish and we're basically belonging nowhere and everywhere at the same time. I've had a more traditional, I would say, um, traveling journey up until two years ago where I was like a traditional expat and staying for two years in one place and then moving on two years, etc. I had my two first daughters in Japan, where we stayed for five years, and my third one in the UK. So the family is, again, from, from everywhere. And then there was a point in time where I was a bit tired of Big Corp. I decided to go for a sabbatical, start my own company that was right after COVID. I think a lot of people will resonate with that. And yeah, I decided to, to, go, to go freelance. And at that point, that's when I discovered Boundless uh, first as a family. So we joined them back in April last year in Sintra. And it was, it was a, a wonderful experience for uh, the family and for us as a couple and for me as, a, as an individual, uh, finally thinking a little bit more about myself. Basically, what, what, where Boundless was ticking a lot of boxes is we had been a bit tired of moving every two, three years and realizing that we were losing our friends. So you made really tight friends, close friends. And then for two years, then you moved on and suddenly you would, it was very difficult to stay in touch. Um, and we had always this idea of a lifestyle where you would move around every three months or so, make the most out of each single season, um, and then come back to the places you really loved. And come back to the places and to the people you really loved as well. So having more continuity while traveling a little bit more often. Now, it was never possible. Why? Because because we had kids. <laughs> and I was like, how am I going to manage this with three kids and the education? I don't see a solution for that. Um, and that's where we, when we found Boundless, which has the education system consistent across all the locations and uh, parents being able to basically travel and the kids to learn around the world through the boundless um, locations, we're like, okay, let's try it. And that's what we did in April in Sintra. We did um, summer in Syros, 
And I loved it so much that I then joined the team in July. And I've been, it will be my birthday, my anniversary with Boundless in, in a few days, actually. So that's quite exciting. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. That's really awesome. Yeah. And I think one thing that's really fascinated me about Boundless Life is that, yeah, you follow a specific curriculum with the kids, right? And it's based off of a Finnish education curriculum. Is that correct? That's correct. I guess if you don't mind me asking, how do you then make sure that that's consistent with all kids and that they are then, I guess some people probably maybe wonder if your kid's traveling and has a, is operating from, sorry, studying, sorry, from a system that is a bit more uh, kind of widespread internationally, how do they then keep up with maybe the necessities that they're then going to need later on in life? Does that make sense? Like how, I suppose people are probably wondering, oh my gosh, what will they do later on in life if they're not? got one country's education system how does that work and how do you keep that balance for the kids that's a great question so the the boundless experience is anchored or it, its core focus is definitely the education and as you were describing it's it's an education that is inspired by the finnish system but then we added the boundless sauce um, to it so what we try to do with, with the Boundless system is basically having continuity across the travel. So you have the same curriculum, you have the same classroom look and feel. So when a child arrives in Sintra and then goes to Syros, the inside of the class looks exactly the same. So it's, it feels very safe. And then you have your friends that travel along with you. Not all of them, obviously, but you know, if in a micro school of like 50 kids, you already know like five or six when you arrive, it already feels very familiar. And basically we want to reduce any friction along the way for the kids so that you get the right balance between adventure, but also safety. Now, when it comes to transition into, into the boundless education program, it's not as complicated as it looks like. So we did it in a way that when we designed the boundless education, we made sure that we matched basically on some of the core, what we call mastery skills. So especially on English and uh, mathematics, we made sure that it matches the level of the UK and the US uh, system. So a family can be sure that basically when the kid comes if they decide to then go back into a traditional system, then the knowledge is transferable and the kids will be at level on those core mastery skills. Now, where the boundless education system is also, or the beauty of it is that it is very personalized. So the classes are quite small. Uh, we have about 14 kids per class with one teacher and one assistant. So a very good ratio between teacher and student. And that enables us to very quickly know where the kid is at in terms of mastery skills, but also in terms of social skills and help guide them basically along the way. We also have um, sessions with the parents to understand what are the needs. It might be that a kid has a specific um, or need in, in that domain or the parents want to deep dive or they know that they need to learn this to go back into another system. So we make sure to listen and then according to this, um, customize basically their, their learning, their learning journey. Now, at the end of the day, what the kids are, are learning is, is twofold. So they have a, a solid base in terms of academia and, and curriculum, but also the, the, the interesting part about boundless is, um, there is, we always try to tie into um, real life experiences. So we want, we realize that the kids nowadays 
are needing very, very different skills from what we or our parents needed in the past. The traditional system hasn't evolved so much. And what we're doing here is really equipping them with the skills they will need in a very unknown future, where you will need much more of flexibility, you will need creative thinking, you will need problem solving, and you will need very strong collaboration. So we always work on um, project-based learning. So we basically take take a topic from the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals every cohort. Um, so in September, when my daughters will be in Syros, it will be the water of life. And they will explore everything that is related to water. And what they learn, they apply it to that theme. And they, they present their project at the end of the cohort. Like it's very hands-on learning. It's very connected to real life because at the end of the day, that's how kids make sense of their learning, remember it, and really make the most out of it. That's incredible. If I had that when I was a kid, wow, that's just... I know, I feel the same. <laughs> Oof, wow, I'm kind of like blown away by that. That's it. Essentially, it's the concept is to prepare kids with, which I'm sorry, a lot of our traditional schooling systems don't. And it's preparing your kids, from what it sounds like, with real life skills, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> Yeah, it's really, I think what is, um, what is the beauty of having the, the, the world as your classroom is that you suddenly, I think we're nourishing skills that the kids have in themselves already. Like generally speaking, kids are very, very curious. They're very eager to learn. They want to make sense of the world that is around them. And sometimes we suppress this, I think, in the traditional system. We have like the rise of alternative schooling movements at the moment. And, and I think it's, it's very much needed because simply the way, when you look at our careers nowadays, you know, my parents, they, they did the same job for 40 years. I've been changing every three, four years and, and my job has changed and is still changing so quickly. And this is exponential, right? You can imagine in like 10, 20 years, we don't even know, but the, the jobs that exist nowadays might not exist. So I think what we need to teach our kids is really to be able to continuously adjust to this environment and ask the right questions. At Boundless, we don't believe in testing the kids, testing in, in a very sterile and rigid way. We rather believe in helping the kids to ask the right question and drive their curiosity. That's why we do quests and not tests. So they have a quest that they prepare, they choose their topic. Um, so everyone has the, the quest theme is the same, water of life, but every child will pick their own angle to it and work on it and prepare throughout the 12 weeks uh, and proudly present their their sharing. I, I remember when we were in Sintra, my daughter back then uh, had been obsessed by succulents and suddenly she was like, she knew everything about succulents. I was amazed. Um, and it was her big like passion point suddenly. And you know, like kids suddenly when they love something, they get so much details, hyper-focused. And, and it's impressive how those brains are like how deep they can go. And it, it's wonderful to see. And it's wonderful to see them proudly sharing that with the community. You know, a six-year-old going on stage in front of like 50 adults and just like, sharing their knowledge. I think those are skills that are important for the future. 
that's incredible wow can I join <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll talk to um to Mauro and Rekha we can do uh we can do an adult program <laughs> maybe that's our next stage I really like it yeah that would be awesome like because I was thinking also so like, and I think it's really great that you touched upon also how um obviously our careers changed so much to when like our parents obviously were kids and they even like when we were kids um too and I know for myself that I'm also so I, I lived abroad when I was a kid as well for a few years and I know that there were certain things that kind of got ingrained in my personality but we didn't have the language for it back then really like you know just having different cultures that suddenly become ingrained into who you are as a person but you don't realize it and even the language learning skills for example you don't realize that that has formed such a big part of who you are and where you, who you then become as an adult until you become the adult and you have the words and we suddenly have the terminology and we have like these platforms that we can share these things on. So that's really incredible work that you guys are doing to make this happen for the next generation and generations to come. That's really incredible stuff. The language learning is an interesting one. I think many of our families joining also want to expose their kids to different languages, different cultures like we know how important it is for the or how beneficial it is for the brain to also play around and move around from one language to another be comfortable with this mm. so we try as much as possible to um, in the afternoon we have what we call culture time for the kids um, and culture time is is exploring obviously the local culture but also the local language so getting comfortable with it so that when they're going around they can connect with the with the locals And, you know, when you're able to order, I don't know, your ice cream at the shop in Greek suddenly makes a big difference. Uh, many of our families were leaving last Saturday and there was there was a lot of uh, emotions in saying goodbye to the other families. We have about 15 to 20 families per cohort. But also there was a lot of emotions saying goodbye to the locals for the big kids, for the adults and for the kids. Um, and we hear often like I need to say goodbye to my Portuguese grandma. And that was the lady that was Maria who is uh, offering gelato or selling gelato in Sintra. Or like saying goodbye to the florist guy who is in front of, of their apartment. So there is suddenly, it goes, like that's where you see the power of, of language and culture also and, and being able to connect and, and creating like deep connection because that's what slow traveling enables you to do. Like when you slow travel, suddenly you have that capacity to really live like a local and live with the locals, which makes a major difference for the families, but also for the kids because they need like that that slow pace to really enjoy the experience at the most. Yeah, and kids are sponges as well. Like, yeah. Like, as, you've, as you've already mentioned with like, the succulents, but kids are sponges with that kind of stuff as well. And I think it's just, yeah, it's, it's a very enriching experience, I can imagine, for them as well. That's awesome. You touched upon a few things already, but is there anything that you think is not maybe talked about as much when it comes to traveling as a digital nomad family or like in the instance of the kids' development or like education? Is there anything that people need to talk about more or know more about when it comes to that? I think, first of all, remote living or slow traveling with the family is really fun. <laughs> I think um, we we often talk about like, 
the logistics. And obviously it's more complicated when you have three versus, but when you're five people versus when you're just a couple or a single person, like there is, my luggage is a little bit bigger, but you know, we've been living now for a year and a half like this and moving around every three months. We live, we move around with five luggages. So two big ones and three carry on. So it is like, it's not that complicated. I think you, you learn to travel with what's really important for you. You also learn that you don't need like all those stuff from your country. Like when you travel, wherever you travel, you will find what you need for, for the family. So you travel, you travel much, much lighter. You focus a lot more on experiences versus things. So my daughters have much fewer toys than usual, but my God, those cardboard boxes have like been the best toys ever. And, and we can find <laughs> cardboard boxes wherever and they transform into all kinds of things. You know, in Sintra, they were castles and in Greece, they were boats. Like kids are hyper creative. So you don't need that many things basically. And really remote, like remote living with, with the family is, is fun because you, you learn to look at things through their eyes as well. So you might also go back to places you've seen without the kids and suddenly they're just completely different with them. I think the biggest, the biggest one or like the biggest advices I have is to plan as much as possible with the kids. So it's not something that, you know, you're just like, okay, this is where we go and where we're going to, we're going to do that. No, like exploring before you arrive the local culture reading starting to read books and then starting to see okay what do you want to do over there like now we're heading to Greece so I've had discussion with the girls like what do you want to do as activities oh we want to learn sailing okay so well you know that sailing will be part of like the summer program and that's an activity that they will do and they will learn but trying to bring them in along the journey makes a massive difference because it's tiring traveling is tiring but when you can you know imagine project yourself and suddenly it makes the experience so so much more enriching i think the other one is is trying to make friends as quickly as possible it's um, and that's why when you slow travel i find it much easier but it's really important for the kids to keep on socializing i think that's one of the elements that can be a little bit tricky when you're when you're moving quite often that's where you know with boundless is just made so much easier because suddenly it's like 20 families coming together going to the same education center sharing the same workspace doing experiences together so suddenly it's like um, sometimes i compare it to an eras like um, an exchange program for families you know like when you were at university and you were going on an exchange program and everyone is like 200% yes i want to meet new yeah. people that's exactly what it is except that there are like a lot of kids around you so that is that aspect of rebuilding the community rebuilding the nest i think is quite fundamental when you're traveling around with the kids because it just makes them feel safer and it's also much lighter for the parents like when you have a group of like 10 kids together you almost forget that they're around. I mean, there is a little bit of noise, but like they're quite, they're self, they're, you know, they're self-sufficient. They, they figure out their own, their own games, etc. So community, 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 I think is, is fundamental when you're traveling with the family. It sounds, yeah, it sounds like community is not underrated, but it, it needs more highlighting for sure. It sounds like there's a it kind of goes back to the saying, I, it sounds like, or like it takes a village. Yeah, I love, yeah. 
I absolutely love that one. We don't have the same expression in French. So I, I remember reading it in books and it was just like very theoretical for me. It was like, it takes a village. <laughs> and the first time when I joined, when I joined Boundless, I joined for the education, as I mentioned. And then I quickly realized the power of that community on all kinds of aspects. But um, I, I remember that one time specifically where my oldest daughter had like stuck her finger into a door. It was really like not, not a pleasant time. And so, and we were in, in, in Sintra, we have some of our buildings where there are several apartments. They're all separate. Like you have your own bathroom, kitchen, etc. but they're within the same building. And suddenly like in the spam of five seconds, there was one of the moms who brought like her emergency kit, another mom who was like talking to Lilu, to my daughter and like calming her. And then another like parent, a dad who was taking care of the other kids, you know, like, and, and suddenly I was like, this is miraculous. Like it does take a village. I couldn't have done it like by myself. And all of them were bringing a different set of skills. I think that's the other piece, right? You, as a parent, yeah, you can be an amazing mom or dad, but you like, you're still like one individual and it's like all those different personalities coming together and raising the kids together and making them, I think, so open-minded and aware that there is such a beautiful diversity um, in our communities. And that's what makes, makes this life like so beautiful. So this, like, it takes a village 200%. I'm like, uh, the, uh, maybe I will tattoo it on my arm. That will be my, my next project. <laughs> maybe not a tattoo, but perhaps like a, the, the, the headline somewhere, like a tagline. <laughs> exactly. Oh, do you know what would be awesome? A neon light. You know, the neon light or like offices with, that would be hilarious. <laughs> I'll take, let me take a note. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I guess also... Just to add on to that, do you have to deal too much with like the effects of culture shock or preparing your kids for culture shock? I know that obviously like you've got your community, you just mentioned that are amazing foundation, but even like as adults, I feel like there is this an element of that when you travel, right? So how do you have to prepare your kids, kids in a certain way or are the things you put in place? That's a great question. So usually, usually what, what we do uh, as a family is, um, is there is a fair bit of reading before we get there. So I try to get like books or tales from that region. So they start like having a feeling for a different culture or experience is coming up and we start, we start talking about it. Generally speaking, the girls have been traveling quite a lot. So I think it's a skill also that you train right over time. So there's been quite a few experiences, quite a few faux pas as well, and learning moments on how, you know, how you connect with different cultures and things that you need to be mindful of. So I would say this is a continuous process, a continuous learning process with the kids. They are spontaneous by essence. They, you can't really control what they will say or not say. But at least having that continuous, continuous feedback loop and we talk about, you know, something that happened and something that maybe we could have done differently or how a person reacted. And we basically have a lot of conversations around this as a family. So there is some preparation, but I think it's a lot in the moment also 
talking about it, communicating about it and making them feel comfortable. But generally speaking, they've been, because we've traveled so much, they're very at ease also with, um, with, with new people, new cultures. They've always been in a very international environment. So they're, it's almost like there is no, like all, all humans are equals, you know, everyone is, everyone is the same and from the same planet. So I think there is less um, fear of the unknown as well because they've been used to travel so much. And I think that's, hopefully that's going to be a great skill for them to have in the future, not being afraid um, and just being curious. That's really amazing. Do you think having had experience yourself of living abroad, do you think that probably helped you in a way? Because I'm just thinking also there must be parents who have maybe not traveled as much or lived abroad for extensive periods of time who may be wondering oh my god like this is going to impact my kids is there anything you'd maybe say to them for the first time that they decide to do this yeah I think the question often comes from the families they've traveled a lot before and then the kids arrived and then they stopped they felt it was too complicated and they they worried about um, how their kids will adjust I think the first the first learning I've had is my daughters always adjust. I've always adjusted much faster than we have. And they've been the ones like making friends really, really quickly. And it it took us a few weeks, you know, like to, to make friends, but like kids, they're just impressive. I mean, at least like my oldest is nine. I think it changes when you go into teen years, but like the first 10 years of 10, 12 years in their lives, I think they craving social connections. So first of all, it's actually, Maybe you're afraid for your kids, but maybe you're also afraid, you know, for yourself because the kids are very adaptable and it's, it's relatively easy for them. I think the second piece is, is living, living the nest. That's the other concern. Like I'm living my family. I'm living my friends. How am I going to find this, this tribe again? Um, I think that was one of the big reasons why um, our co-founders founded Boundless, because they also realized this. They realized that you needed on the go to have that community. You needed to have that village to make it a, a fun experience. So I would always suggest, and nowadays there are a lot of options. Obviously, Boundless is like the most turnkey one, but there are also like pop-ups and world school hubs that you can join and suddenly it makes the adventure also if it makes the adventure much easier and and safer so that's that's the second one i would um i would suggest it's a big leap of faith it's a big change there are a lot of logistics elements what do i do with my house what do i like it's a lot of questions but I think all the families that I've met along the way, there is no doubt that for them, it's been absolutely life-changing as a parent, as a couple as well, and as an individual. And you you go back to really connecting with the ones you love, taking the time. I've had mothers sharing with me and I, I was really moved when that happened saying, you know, I feel like my kids are finally meeting who their mom is. Because we're, we're often so, you know, much in the rush. We're in that wheel, we're running and there is like the, the drop-offs and then you work and then the pickup and the extracurricular activities and the birthdays and, and we're just in a rush, right? And we sometimes don't, don't take the time to really connect. In a lifestyle when you're traveling and, and maybe you're, you're having fewer activities that you need to attend to, 
you're suddenly taking more time as a family, taking more time to connect. And I do feel the same. Like I do feel like when I'm on the road, yeah, I'm more Elodie and my kids get to meet like their mom as she is and not just like a mom that is managing a household. Like, no, we're not like managing a household. We're actually parents who want to have deep connections with our kids and connections that will hopefully through those memories also, you know, make all those years together even even more beautiful. So it's worth it. It's definitely worth that jump. I'm not saying it's easy. It's a bit scary, but nothing. I think the things that are a little bit more complicated to do are also usually much more rewarding. Um, so I'm always, I'm always thinking, you know, no regret. So that's the other one I would tattoo. I don't know where, but like <laughs> the no regret is the, that's been my motto for, for the past 10 years. I do not want to look back and be like, what if I had done that? Like, don't wait for retirement to do this. Do it with the kids now, because you're going to create memories of a lifetime with them and memories you can talk about, you know, in 10 years. They're like, do you remember when we were there? Do you remember? Like, this is what you want to create as a family. It's like moments, memories that will make make your kids like be 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 proud of being part of this family. That's beautiful. I'm like, yeah, I just I'm, I love that I get to do this and talk to amazing people like yourself because I always get like, I always end up lost in the conversation. I'm like, wow, like <laughs> my brain kind of just gets so like drawn in. I love I love it, and I'm sure that will really create some amazing reassurance for a lot of people. I, it's great. I, I don't even have kids, and like I'm already I'm re, I'm feeling reassured. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like okay, okay, that makes me feel good. Speaking of creating memories and uh, building memories with your children and your family, what are some of your place favorite places to go with your family, or have been some of your favorite places to travel to? I think there are two places that are that are really special for the family and and also for myself as a as a selfish as a selfish lady there are places basically um i will name i will name two countries there is japan and there is greece so greece we're going back now i will just keep on going to greece i don't know what's with greece but i've always had that kind of connection with the country since the first time i went there and i was 12 and i just set a foot I was also a mythology geek, like my oldest, um, and I was just like amazed. And when I brought the girls, it was the same thing, like setting a foot in Syros. There is such a soothing, calming feeling when you get to Greece and the breeze is just surrounding you and caressing you. I don't know. It's very, it's very pleasant, very calming place filled with history and culture and tradition. And I think one of the other common element with them, with Japan is is the people. So they're very family-friendly places. Um, when you walk around and, you know, the kids are sometimes a bit loud and people are not, like, looking at you, like, you're you're not in the right place. Like, people want, actually, to, to interact, to exchange, and they appreciate that life. I think the other element about those two places is, is finding activities or experiences that you can do together with the family, with the kids, and both have fun. I'm always looking for those activities where the kids will have a blast, but I will also have a blast. Okay. I'm getting a bit tired of going to the same playground every day. This is not fun for me. It might be fun for the kids, but it's not fun for me. I love going to that amazing restaurant in this big city, but the kids don't really enjoy it. Like what are those experiences that, you know, make 
both of them really, really excited. And I feel like in both Greece and Japan, we've found like a lot of those activities that we can do together as a family and, and enjoy. So those are like, for me, yeah, my happy places, I would say. That's where we regularly go back with the family. And I think we'll, hopefully we'll find other places like this. We're heading to Bali in January after Greece. That's the fourth boundless location that is opening in July. And I've never lived there, but I've heard amazing things. So I can imagine that maybe it will be my third happy place, I hope. So we'll see. It seems to tick a lot of the boxes in terms of like warm people, history, culture, activities for all. So I'm, I'm really excited to, to discover that. That's amazing. Um, obviously, yeah, we all love Bali. I think you can really be a remote worker and not have Bali in your story somehow in general. So... <laughs> Tick. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say also, do you think that there are any destinations that will become like more sort of go-to places or countries for families or like are you seeing a rise in favoritism for certain destinations for families who are, travel- who are traveling as well? Hmm. So I wouldn't say like there are some, loca- it's more patterns or, or criteria that the families are, are looking for. Families generally are looking for like safe places. So safety is one of the elements that is really important. And that's, that's been one of our focus area. Places that are like active where there are things to do, but the pace of life is a little bit slower. And so that's where like Greece, Tuscany, Sintra, or even Bali, like fit all of those in terms of you can take your time. There is less rush, uh, but it doesn't mean that you're bored. Like there are still things to do. Uh, I would call them like almost hidden gems. And that's what the families are, are looking for. They've been generally living like fast paced lives in the past. And they, they want to take more time for, for the family, for the human connections versus spending like ton of time in public transportation and driving the kids here and there and like being an official taxi company. No, like they want to suppress that. They want to convert that lost time of of transportation into time of connection. And usually it's easier in like, like smaller, smaller cities. So those are some of the elements that, uh, that they're looking, that they're looking into more like criteria or life quality criteria versus destinations per se. Uh, we're just now talking to them about where we're going in 2024. And there are definitely some destinations that are very appealing. A lot of families want to, want to go to Latin America, to Costa Rica. So that will most likely be one of the next. Um, and they're also really curious about destination like, um, Montenegro. So again, you know, wild beauty, wild nature, that was something that was quite surprising for us and then beautiful to see. So. Yeah, so I think families are curious. They also, they want to discover the world with their kids, but in a way that is, yeah, safe and relaxing for the family. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's really awesome. And definitely looking forward to seeing your adventures in Costa Rica if that happens. Uh, That sounds amazing. I guess also, just to bring it back to you as an individual, like as as a mom, like as a part of a family, how... Are there any non-negotiables that you have when it comes to balancing your day-to-day life as well and like balancing work or your routine? Like, do you have anything that you do to help balance that out? Yes, definitely. 
before getting into that question, I think for me, the big wake up moment was during my, um, my sabbatical. And so I had been like running like a headless chicken for many years with like the three kids. And then I was just like, okay, let's stop. And then I read that book and I, ca- I can never pronounce it with my French accent. So it's called Untamed, Untamed. Okay. Untamed. Uh-huh. Beautiful book. Highly recommend it. And basically what she was talking about was, I want to stop defining myself by the role I have in society. So I want to stop defining myself by, you know, I'm a working mother. I'm, I don't know, boundless life head of dimension. Like, no, that's not like, that's not who I am. I want to define myself by what I love doing. So, hey, I'm Elodie. I love being, you know, outdoor. I love yoga and I love running um, and I love going to exhibitions. Like, this is who I am. And like, what? Like, yeah, I have three kids, but that, like, that's not who I am. And so going back to your question, I think realizing this and moving from my role to what I love doing, I'm trying to make time for those things I love. So every day for me, that means you know, when I drop the kids, I do my run on the way back. So I'm still quite like the day is full, but like I've, I've made time now every day after drop off to either run or go to my yoga. And that's like non-negotiable, like it needs to happen. And I know that those, if it slips, I can feel it very quickly on, on my own well-being and, and also how I am with the kids. So it's not only like a selfish thing. It's like, in, in France, we say happy mom, happy kids, right? So first, like, make sure that you're, you're happy, you have a good life balance, and then you can give back. So for me, that's, that's the one, like exercising, having that time, um, is crucial. And the other one is, is that, um, trying to have our weekly date with my partner. So this is also something that is not easy to fit within family life when you're both working and it's busy. Uh, but having that routine and that time as a couple is really important. And that's something that a lot of families have uh, played back to us when joining Boundless, which was like, suddenly I had, I mean, it had been years since we had a lunch together, like a quiet lunch together, just the two of us, you know, no, the kids were at the education center. We were actually working in the same workspace and we could like have lunch. And it sounds so basic, but like for a couple who has like one, two, three kids, it's massive. Like it's huge. Mm-hmm. So it's finding yourself and maintaining like that positive relationship. And yeah, we're not only parents, you're a couple. And how do you nourish that? Like maybe not day after day, but week after week, <laughs> like the daily, the daily date might be difficult, but the weekly one is, is a good routine for us. So those are my two, like, yeah, feel good moment investing into my well-being i love that when you said quiet lunch you actually whispered quiet lunch (laughs) (laughs) that was amazing yes yes, quiet lunch now because i also asked because of course i say i asked for parents who are possibly thinking about it and a bit nervous but also i say on behalf of someone like myself who doesn't have kids like in brackets yet but it's such a funny conversation that I think is still quite fresh for people. You know, for me, like I've been asked in the last year alone, like, oh, what are you going to do when you settle down? And I'm thinking, but I've always loved travel. Like, and you, how do you know that I want kids and things like that? You know, just so it, it provides someone like myself, for example, with a lot of reassurance that I don't have to give up some of my loves solely for like these traditional kind of milestones that we've a lot of us have been brought up with. So 
I think I find that honestly really inspiring, like from a selfish perspective to hear your answer alone. So yeah, thank you so much for that. I think it's, um, it's basically a message around you can design your life. So it doesn't mean that, you know, you'll want still to travel all year long, for instance. Mm. Mm. Maybe you'll feel like having, we have some of our families, they have a home base and they stay there for like six months of the year. And then they do like three months away, three months away. And that's their own balance. Some families love to travel all year long. Some families just want to have three months when it's really cold back home. And then they go like the January to March, they go away. But it's basically, I think it's really, it's empowering people to design their lives. It's empowering people to decide how they want to do and not being blocked by a school that tells you, no, you have to be here for 12 months. Otherwise you're out. And I think we've, we've passed that now. Like there is, we've gained so much more flexibility around different areas of our lives. Work has been changing quite massively now with remote work. We can really design from like how, where, when we work. And basically what the positive message is, it's possible now to design, design also the way you live. Um, and you can, you can decide, okay. For me, this is the best setup as a family. And it might change. Like maybe now we want to travel all the time. Maybe next year we'll feel like having a more chilled year. We will only travel for three months, but we have that flexibility. And I think having that, that power to design your life is, is incredible. And it's such a progress for human beings, for families. Like I, I hope more and more families get to get to en enjoy it. It's really empowering to to decide to design your lives. I love that. Yeah, designing your life—that's what we all like, love this remote life for, right? Like <laughs> flexibility and design your life. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to end on one final, slightly lighter question because we've covered so much and it's been absolutely amazing. I'm just going to bring it back to one fun, like final, like well, two technically, but one fun question. Top, we talked about non-negotiables in your routine. What are the, like, say, top three non-negotiables must have in your luggage or day-to-day -day bag? So, the three. Well, there is one that is non-negotiable, which is for the kids to sleep well everywhere. So I have, there is one thing that I bring everywhere. It's one of those IKEA bed tent. So they're, like, super compact. So they take, like, no space in my luggage. And basically, wherever I arrive, I plug in like the three IKEA tents in those single beds. And suddenly the girls have their own, have their bedroom, their usual. Yeah, they, they just feel like home wherever they go. Because, you know, Noah knows that she has the pink one and Emily has the green one and Noah has, and Lilu has the orange one. And that just feels like home. So that one is like the most important thing. Like if I only had one. That would be my IKEA bed tent um, because they've made like traveling around the world like super, super easy. That's really, really the main one, to be honest, in my in my travel luggage. Because um, then like my computer just to get the work done and and keep on connecting with uh, with families all around the world. And yeah, I do have like there are a few decoration pieces that I take everywhere. So 
They, <laughs> there is one that is really silly, actually, but that we've brought everywhere. It's our tiles from, from Portugal. This is really silly because they're so heavy. So we have <laughs> four tiles, azulejos, that we made when we were in Portugal with, in our first day with Boundless. So they're now in my, in my bedroom. I will not drag you over there. But same thing. It's like this homey feeling. Like the girls know they've made them. We've made them together. And they're really precious for them. I think it is one of the heaviest things we have in our luggage. And it's not like super functional, but there are a few things like that that just feel like home. That's awesome. I love that. And that's a great segue into my final uh, question. Fill in the blank. Home is where the tiles are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where the tiles and the, and the bed tents and the IKEA bed tents are. Really, that's how we feel. Like home can everywhere as long as the family is there together that's that's where home home is um and it feels like home really really quickly i think it's always surprising basically it takes like two three nights especially when we're on boundless location because then we like we have like all the friends around us and as soon as basically i don't have my youngest one coming into my bed at night it usually takes two three nights for her to feel like comfortable in her new bed then this is home. As long as I have the family, home is everywhere, like I was saying at the very beginning. Beautiful. I love that. Elodie, thank you so much for having a chat with me today. It has been honestly so inspiring. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Remote Life. And thank you, Elodie, for taking the time to speak with us. You can find links to her profiles as well as the Boundless Life website below. Thank you so much again for listening. And we can't wait to remote work with you again soon.